Hey guys, it's Preston here. Before we get started with today's episode, I need to ask you for help. Every week, Clay and I show up ready to give our most authentic, genuine advice for freelancers trying to scale their business. But without a freelancer on the other end of the call, it's really just not as fun. So if you've been listening for a while, or even if you're brand new here and you still haven't joined us for a call, do me a favor and click the link in the show notes of this episode or just visit freelance2founder.com and scroll to the bottom of the page. There you can sign up for a time to chat with me and Clay. You'll find a short survey so we can learn more about your business. And we promise we'll do our best to help you take your freelance business to the next level. It's all free. There's no catch. We just love to air these conversations on the podcast. You don't have to be a podcaster. You don't have to have everything figured out. But in order to make this show every week for you and thousands of other listeners, we need your help. So visit freelance2founder.com today and sign up. We can't wait to chat with you. And now onto the show. Hey everyone, I'm Preston Lee. And I'm Clay Mosley. And this is Freelance to Founder. Every week, we sit down with freelancers like you for actionable coaching calls with one mission. To help you ditch the feast-famine lifestyle and build your own sustainable business. At one point, we were both brand new freelancers, barely making ends meet. But by now, we've started, grown, and even sold a few businesses of our own. And we want to help you do the same. If you're ready to go from freelance to founder, then join the army of freelancers who are taking matters into their own hands. Visit freelancetofounder.com to apply for your own on-air coaching call. And now, get ready to take some notes because an all-new episode of Freelance to Founder starts right now. On today's show, how can you delegate without upsetting clients or sacrificing quality? It's a problem today's guest, Michael, is facing in his young freelance business. He's been working for himself for a while, but he can't seem to solve the delegation piece. So with a little role-playing, Clay and I help Michael see exactly what he should say to clients about his need to delegate and grow. We'll be right back after this quick break. Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Freelance to Founder. My name is Preston Lee from Milo.co, and joining me on the air is my friend Clay Mosley from GetDripify.com. Hey, Clay. Hey, man. What's going on? Uh, nothing new over here. How about you? I'm always happy to be on these podcast episodes. Always happy to be here, and we finally, finally have a guest joining us today after so many people uh, bailed on us. You know, people sign up and then, I don't know, forget, get busy, whatever. And uh, we're just so happy that Michael uh, is joining us on the air today. Michael is calling from just south of London. And uh, welcome to the show, Michael. We're excited to have you. Hi, yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Great. Why don't we start off by, um, you can tell us a little bit about your business, Uh what you're working on, who your clients are, and stuff like that, just for a few minutes. Okay, yeah. So, 
Yeah, I kind of started my business uh, in around May 2019. Um, I kind of started it a little bit backwards, probably, to most freelancers. Uh, I wasn't quite sure what I was going to be doing uh, with regards to how if I was going to be doing IT, sort of uh, handling networking, uh, you know, equipment, that sort of thing. But uh, it sort of led more into software. Um, so yeah, I've been working. Mm, okay. Yeah, been working with. Uh, I started basically with with one client. You know, <laughs> working exclusively, pretty much with one, and uh, it's just sort of grown. Uh, picked up lots of other smaller clients uh, since then, and it's just sort of uh, you know gone from yeah. one to the next. But uh, yeah, we sort of. Sorry, did you have a question? You're good. I was just curious if you're doing it full time or, or or on the side or what's your current situation? Yeah, so it's been full time uh, since since the last three years. Um, yeah, but uh, it's it's all uh, all web development uh, software, uh, uh, mostly working with you know clients who have a system that they. Uh, maybe want to upgrade or integrate with, and I kind of work with them to uh, to you know interact with their system in a different way, or maybe you know provide additional interfaces or more functionality, mm. uh, mm-hmm. things like that. So, yeah, good. And you mostly work with like, am I reading between the lines that you have kind of one big client and then sort of some other supporting clients? Yeah, so I would mostly. I mean, I started off with one uh, major client, which I was doing like forty hours a week uh, with them. But uh, it's you know they've kind of uh, gone become a smaller client since then, sort of working maybe fifteen twenty hours. But I've got other uh, larger clients that um, working you know two thirds yeah. of my time with and a different client. So it sort of uh, swings a little bit between. Uh, Two or three main ones, but then I have other smaller ones that kind of fill in the gaps. If you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah I love it. <laughs> how how have uh, have you been finding your clients? Like, it sounds like you started off full time right from the get go. So clearly, you know, you were able to find some clients quickly and and build a book of business. How have you found them? Has it been word of mouth? Has it been running some ads? What have you been doing? Yeah, so I mostly. Uh, it's it's all been through word of mouth. I mean, before I uh, started as a, a you know software developer in in the web space, I was doing more software engineering uh, on desktop applications um, in a local okay. company. Um, and yeah, just through then through that, it's it's all been word of mouth, uh, local clients who either are friends or friends of friends or you know people. <laughs> I kind yeah. of get get a lot of uh, get a lot of word of mouth uh, through through people I know. Uh, I guess I know quite a few people, or people uh, I know have <laughs> businesses and things like that. So usually, how people start out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Well, it sounds like um, it sounds like you've got a great business running there. Uh, been in business for a few years. Do you have a team that you work with? Do you have anyone that works with you? Or are you fully solo? So I, this is sort of the problem I've been running into. I, you know, have uh, tried a few times to uh, 
to employ someone else. And uh, it's a little bit tricky to um, get to work with someone on a stable basis, you know. Mm. What does that mean? What does that mean? Well, I've I've had a couple projects, uh, you know, where I've hired or well, my clients hired me to do some work, and I've uh, basically passed it on to or uh, delegated it to another developer, and uh, then either the clients sort of not been happy with the work or thought that it took too mm. long or, mm, you know, mm-hmm. the work was too expensive. Uh, so, you know, the, the project kind of stalled after that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of the main, the main issue that I have. Um, so I don't know if, you know, if it's just the client just expects me to do the work, you know, I've, I've had one yeah. client wanted me to specifically write, you know, on the invoice that I've, been doing the work myself, not not delegating. <laughs> That's funny that Preston and I just <laughs> talked about that. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did actually. I think we'll have some interesting interesting things to say here. And I mean, we have some, we have some thoughts for sure on. On uh, whether that's the client's business or not, I I don't think it's their business. <laughs> maybe we should have just uh, had Michael join us on the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we maybe we should have. But um, well well, let's do this, Michael. I you know since you're since you've started to segue here into into what we're going to talk about for a lot of the episode, um, I love that. Let's let's quickly review. You know, listeners of the show know that we have everyone who joins us. You, you go online, you fill out this really short questionnaire. It's just a few questions. And one of the questions says, on a scale of one to 10, one being a freelancer, 10 being a founder, where are you right now? You put that you're at a two um, and, and that you'd like to be at a sixth in, in the next six or 12 months. And so a six to me sounds like, um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, like maybe you're able to do what you're talking about here, which is like have a small team of contractors or subcontractors, delegate to them. The quality of their work comes back to a point where the client likes it or can't even tell the difference or doesn't even question uh, you know whether it came from you or whether it came from someone else and you sort of just have this team like humming along where you can delegate and just do the work that you want to do do the projects you want to do and then delegate the rest is that sort of a does that paint sort of an accurate picture of where you're headed yeah I think so I mean if I think of it like a production assembly line you know it's it's just me working on the assembly line right now and uh, the stuff coming down the conveyor belt just sort of mm-hmm. piles up behind me. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and that's I mean that's classic like freelancer model, right? It's like if you want your business to grow, you have to spend more time doing the work, and at some point you run out of time, and then things things pile up, and and it's hard. So so I love this question that you've asked about like how do I how do I delegate, um, or, or can I delegate even if my clients want me to do the work? And I guess I, I think. I'm going to have a couple questions maybe to clarify the situation. Clay will probably have some questions as well. For me, I'd like to start with how long you've been trying to do the delegation thing. Like how long did you work on your own, just you? And how long have you been trying to maybe add people to your team or to your process? Okay. Um, So I'd say there are three attempts at hiring. Um, One was... Uh, well, the first one was, I think, on a project that was fundamentally flawed to begin with. <laughs> um, so I'm not sure if that one would really count because, uh, yeah, I think the way that I was, uh, well, the project 
in itself had had issues um and we ended up sort of not going along with the project so um i think actually that was uh yeah that that was okay but um yeah i guess what i ran into with that one was you know i hired uh hiring the person and not quite knowing uh you know if the the client is if the client knows that I'm hiring someone delegating the work, uh, how to, you know, make that, uh, good for all parties, you know, that they're, they're happy that yeah. I've, ju- I've done that. And, uh, you know, what sort of permission you're okay. taking or whatever. Um, yeah. So let's, so let's ask this question then. Do your clients know when they hire you, do your clients know that you have a team of subcontractors that you sometimes hire out to? Yeah, so I've tried to be very open about what you know my intention for the business is to uh, you know delegate to other people. So I do tell my clients that uh, that's what I'm going to be doing. Um, How do you phrase it? Uh, well, I kind of say that you know I'm. I do plan on growing my business um, in the in the future. If you see what I mean. Uh, so, so, that, uh, well, like, so, like, let's just pretend like I'm a client and you. I just bought into whatever you're buying, right? IT services, whatever. Um, and then you're about to tell me that you delegate, but h- how do you say it? What What are the words that you say? Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant, or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs. And did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane, effective home workout. That's because Hydro 
pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. So I I think I would uh, say that, you know, I'm, I may have to delegate some of the work because I'm uh, flat out with uh, several projects at the moment. Mm-hmm. So, so you, you, okay. So I, I, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but yeah, I, I kind of do. <laughs> this will be like, really, this will be really good. It'll pan out. Yeah. Just watch. <laughs> well, the reason I'm asking is because, um, so like what I noticed is you, you started out with one type of answer, and then, and then you said another answer. Um, so you first started saying, "Well, I plan on growing my business." Yeah. And then the second thing you said was. I, I'm, you know, I'm, I have a lot of projects currently right now, so I'm going to delegate this out. So there's a way to phrase this to a client that, cause like in, in both of those scenarios, if I'm a client, what I'm hearing is both, both of those things are more on the negative side. Mm-hmm. Right. Because when you say I plan on growing my business, to me as a client says, "Well, I, I, is your business in trouble? Like, are you a reliable company? Right? Can I rely on you? Like, that's what I'm thinking." Mm-hmm. And then the second part that you said was, "Well, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm busy with other projects. So I'm going to delegate this out." Uh, that could be a positive in the fact that, like, you're so you're so good that you're busy. Um, the, the where where I see it as a potential negative, like not all clients are going to think this, but like is on that particular that particular statement is saying, hey, um, uh, you know, I'm going to have to delegate this out. So like m- maybe maybe the quality of the work might suffer because I have too many projects on my plate. Mm-hmm. So so the way to phrase this is. I don't like I don't know if you have something like in your head by telling yourself that you like clients are gonna clients are going to like view this as a negative um if I tell them I'm gonna delegate this. I'm I'm really happy that you're you're actually upfront about this. I think that's the way to be with clients mm-hmm. and you're transparent about the delegation. Um I but I would be I would be really confident in saying it. To clients, and so, and spinning it as a positive, yeah. like there are so many positive elements to having a team behind you. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, and it's it's uh, because if you don't if you don't spin it as a positive, like, and you don't have confidence in saying this, like, it's gonna like clients will see right through it. And so, what you say is, hey, um, we're uh, I'm happy you, you, I'm bringing you on as a client. Um, we're going to do a really good job. I have someone on my team. That will that I will uh, that will do most of the execution. I will will make sure that the quality of the work 
is good, but like as far as implementing and execution, you know, so and so on my team will will do it. He'll reach out to you as far as like scheduling and blah 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 blah. And, and so like what that tells the client is, hey, you are still the person kind of like you're the you're still the person in charge because they they bought from you as an individual. They didn't buy from this other person that that you're about to delegate to. So they don't they have zero trust in this other person. And so they bought you, they have 100% trust in you. But if you were to say, "Hey, this other person that I'm I that's going to be doing the work, like if you put them and and shine a light on them and say, "Hey, I trust this person. They do really good work. I'm still going to oversee like the project, but this person's going to do the work. Like to me, that's still okay from a client's perspective. So you need to like kind of reframe the way you say that and just say it with confidence. Right. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I think, I think for me, I agree 100% with everything Clay has said. And I think for me, uh, when you were giving us sort of what you would say, Michael, the first thing that the first sort of red flag for me was that I heard a lot of I, I, <laughs> you, you said you said like I'm planning to grow my business and so I I will need to hire this out or delegate this out. You said oh. um, I, I'm flat out with work right now and so I'll I'll need to delegate this out to someone else. And and I think yeah. um, I think you can spin it in a way that that puts the focus back on the client like. Whenever you're you're selling a client or pitching a client or even com- just communicating with a client, they want you to be focused on them, right? And yeah. and frankly, uh, unless you explain how it's going to benefit their business, they don't really care what your plans are for your business in the future, right? And and that's maybe maybe a little harsh, but like, so so if it were me, instead of saying I'm planning on growing my business, so I'm going to need to delegate this out, or I'm flat out with work, I can't, you know, I have to delegate this out to someone else, I would say something like. Great. Well, thanks so much for chatting this project out, you know, and going through this project with me. Um, this is perfect. I have a really great idea of of what you're looking for, what what you need out of this project, what results you're looking for. So first I'm focused now on them, right? And I yeah. say, I have a really great idea of what you need out of this project. Then I say something like, the next step will be for me to take this to my team. And together we're going to look through all the things that you've told me. And, and I'm going to make sure the team completely understands what results you want to get out of this project. They're going to understand um, the timeline. They're going to understand the deliverables. And then we're going to work together to deliver the best project possible for you. Along the way, um, I might communicate with you. Members of my team might communicate with you. Please know that I'm here 100% uh, if you ever have direct questions for me. But also my team does great work. And uh, some of them even do a better job than I do at XYZ. And so um, just so you know, I'll introduce you via email to the team. But um, we're all going to just be working really hard on getting the results that you want out of this project, right? And so, so now, instead of feeling like uh, I'm just going to hand this off, now it's like, oh, you thought you were getting one person? Surprise, you're getting three people, mm, right, for the same price. Yeah, Preston's answer is better. Ignore my my <laughs> no my advice. No. <laughs> Preston's answer was so much better. <laughs> no, Clay, yours was good too. I think this all you you roll this all up together and it, and it creates a, a perfect scenario. I think. Yeah. No, I like the uh, both suggestions. Um, yeah, I think you know I'm more of an engineer than a salesperson, so I probably struggle with uh, seeing. For sure. <laughs> so we get it. We get it. Yeah. So it I, might it might do you some good too because I. Um, 
uh, well, f- first of all, I'll, I'll 100% agree with Preston in the fact that um, cl- clients don't care. <laughs> they, when I say they don't care, like uh, when Preston said, like, if you say, you know, I'm trying to build my business or like I have too many projects, like they, I genuinely don't think they care. They care it, about it, their it, results and their yes. business. They have plenty yeah. to worry about. Yeah. So yeah. there's no reason to tell them that story. You know what I mean? It's like it's the same thing with 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 uh, like with me. Like I have a seven month old daughter. Um, I could totally give every excuse in the world on like why I didn't meet a deadline because um, you know I had, I had to watch my kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Clients don't care. You know they they're like, well, you you still said you would get it done, and so like that's that's a personal <laughs> issue with me. Um, of course, family's first with me, but like clients, they they don't care. Second of all, um, I think it might do you some some. Uh, you might get some really great value by actually getting some actual sales training, uh, like sales workshops. Mm. Um, you say you're you're an engineer, but like if you if you actually continue doing the sales in your company, um, if you get like go to a like a, a sales workshop or like an in person. Kind of thing um, that would do you uh, so much good, I think, because especially with the fact that you're the engineer, um, and if you if you were to up your sales skills, like having both of those skill sets, like knowing how to actually do the work and knowing how to sell, you would be a you would be a powerhouse to deal with. <laughs> yeah, like no yep. joke. Like people to me. The best salespeople are the ones that actually know how to do the work. Yeah. If yep. if if they have the sales skills, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I would recommend Michael um, look up on YouTube Chris Doe, uh, and it's it's just spelled Chris D O, like do. But um, <laughs> Chris Chris Doe, like he has. If you literally, if you just watch like a couple of videos a week from him. On client communication, uh, client sales, marketing—like, if if you like some of the stuff that we've said so far, he he goes really deep into a lot of these kinds of things, like what to say when a client pushes back, or or how to justify your rates, or things like that. Like that, I think that would be really really helpful for you. Um, we'll be yeah. sure to link to that also in the show notes for listeners. But it, can I just add one more thing too, Michael? And that is uh, the phrase delegate. Can be um, yeah. really powerful, like internally for yourself. Like it's really empowering to delegate something. <laughs> when, a, yeah. but when a when a client hears that you're going to delegate something, yeah. To me, at least, what I hear is like, oh, he doesn't care about my project. He's not. He's not going to pay attention to it. He's going right. to hand it off to someone else. It's going to get, you know, maybe a once over from him, and then I'm going to get something back I don't like. Sure. And so like. I don't know if you noticed the difference between like what I said as my example versus saying like delegate out where you are still delegating it to a team but I but you know you say stuff like I'm going to sit down with my team we're going to chat through this they're going to execute on it it's going to be amazing. Yeah. yeah. Like that. I would even go as far as to say I probably wouldn't use the word subcontractor either. Yep, I agree. Team. And if they I, ask, you don't lie. But I wouldn't I personally wouldn't like I would just say team. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Yep. Gives more of a, a, a better picture to the client. 
Yeah, and then and then live up that to that picture, right? You're not you're not trying to deceive anyone. You do then need to work with your subcontractors like they are part of your team. You you then need to sit down with them and talk through all the things the client and you talked about and pass that message along and not just hand them, delegate them like like yes, we're changing how we talk to the client about it, but we also have to change how you think about it in your business. Like as a business owner, at this stage, you can't probably just delegate something and expect it to come back perfectly, right? You're just not right. that far along in your business. Right. Um, and so that it is going to take some more work. Yeah. 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 I think uh, it's going to take more, you know, uh, experience, you know, working with a team as well, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. finding the right people to work with and, uh, you know, having having the confidence in them as well is part of the. That's going to also help the sales pitch. You know, if you can truly say it with confidence, mm-hmm. that you're going to be able you to. Know, work you can. With a good team. You can view this as like building a house, and and I I personally, if I were you, I would use this analogy with clients. Um, so like when you build a house, you hire a general contractor, right? Like a guy who just knows a little bit about everything. Um, and he's the one that's kind of, that's in charge of the project, mm. um, but there's also like subcontractors that that, that that do specialized things. You have an electrician, you have a plumber, you got a roofer, you got a framer. You know what I mean? Like you got the concrete guy. Um, all these people are technically subcontractors, but they specialize in a certain skill set, and so. If if you have a conversation like if the client if the conversation goes this route where you talking about like you know your team and like are they subcontractor subcontractors and blah 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 like then I would use a house analogy and be like well you know think of me as the general contractor um, of like a house like but I have people on my team who specialize in certain skill sets they're better they're better at that particular thing than I am. Yeah. Um, but I'm really good at overall strategy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so like I think that's a good analogy because like me as as a as a homeowner, I I don't expect the general con- like if the general contractor were to go, if I were to say, Hey, you know, uh, hey, Mr. General Contractor, did you did you do that plumbing? And he says, No, my plumber did. What? Like what? You didn't do the plumbing? How dare you? In fact, you How don't want him to, right? You <laughs> want the more more skilled and specialized person to do it. Yeah. Like yeah, it's like you told me that you're going to do the plumbing, the roofing, the framing, the concrete work. You're going to do everything. How dare you have other people do all this other stuff? Like I don't expect that when someone builds a house for me. You know, it's like so. I think I think setting those expectations that your team has specialized skills and like. And of course, I don't know the inner workings of what you sell and what you do, but um, I'm sure there's people on on your team that can do things better than other people. You know, even you. Yeah. Um, so, like that. Yeah, me, that's fact, a good that, analogy. In fact, I think like that that also impacts how you find people. Right. Mm-hmm. You find people that are that are that have complementary skills to yours, or who are better at, at things than you are, so that when you yeah. hand things off. Um, you can have confidence to tell the client, "Look, they're going to do a great job." I, my team is that way. If if a if a client is like, "I want you to handle this," I literally say to them, "I I'll I'll be taking this on, but um, I'm going to loop in Bilal because he helps me manage the schedule, and literally without him, we would never get anything done on time." 
Like we, I just say that. And then they're yeah. like, oh, okay, great. That's why this guy is CC'd on all the emails is because he needs to be keeping us on track. The client wants to stay on track. So like, there's no reason they, they're going to push back against that, right? Right. So I think, I think it's all about like framing, having subcontractors and a team and whoever as, as the value to the client. And the value is extra support, uh, extra skill sets, getting things done on time or quicker. You know, there's lots of value in it. So you really got to focus. That's, that's really like if we could give you like a 30-second sales training, that's really, for me at least, the key to, to good sales is, is focus on the value that you're bringing to the client. Yes. We've been talking a lot, Michael. What, what's resonating? Where, where should we take the conversation from here? What do you think? Yeah, I think, I think that's great. I mean, I like the idea of a sales workshop. I think, you know, I uh, could definitely use some more sales training. Seeing things from the client's perspective is uh, sometimes a bit hard for me. Um, so, yeah, I think that would definitely help. Um, and, yeah, otherwise, I think I just, you know, need to, you know, invest in, in the team as well because, uh, you know, I have worked with a few people on and off, but I've not really found a stable person yet. So, yeah, I think uh, it's going to take more experimentation with, uh, you know, with different team members, um, whether they're contractors or, or people I find locally. Mm, yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I think that's uh, great. Yeah, and I, I don't know about you, Clay, but I, I tend to think, Michael, that you'd you'd have more success also if you if you did find like one or two people who were who really you considered your team. So instead of like every project you try to find a subcontractor who can help you on the project, instead you find like one or two people who they're always there and 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 they're your team and and they support mm-hmm. you. Yeah. You don't have to get them up to speed every time and you don't have to like hope that they're good enough. You already know that their quality of work is good. You know you can rely on them. You know that they're planning on dedicating a certain number of hours every month to helping you. Like I think it would make a lot more sense to sort of find one or two guys that are just your go-to guys. Yeah. Um instead of every time finding someone new. Yeah, I think that would definitely help. Uh, you know, otherwise you're you're spending a lot of time searching for people which you don't really want to be doing at the start of a new project. Searching um, and onboarding and like, it's just so much time. Yeah. So yeah, I mean I I've sort of uh, been trying, you know, to, to find people remotely and uh yeah, I I was I was interested actually what you found uh, in terms of the balance between local and remote, do you have, you know, certain amount of people who work near you, or you know, local people who come to your office, and uh, or do you, how how do you sort of work out how many people you have locally and or who, who's remote sort of thing? Hmm. Where are your clients? Well, yeah. they're local, so I guess do they it, like face to face interaction. Do they prefer that. Yeah, definitely. So I guess that answers my question, really. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think so, yeah. Okay. That was easy. (laughs) (laughs) Too easy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay, with that said, though, with that said, if there are some minor 
like transactional things that um, that can be that's just done on an ongoing basis, like every month. Um, that can be done remotely. Then you could hire somebody remotely to do those things. Yeah. With with that said, I would one hundred percent make sure that somebody, especially with your clients loving face to face, somebody is being face to face with them, whether it's mm-hmm. you or an account manager or whoever, um, on an ongoing basis, right? Like touching base and things like that. So, to me, as long as your company is doing some sort of face-to-face with them because that's what your clients like. I think it's okay to have remote remote uh yeah, people on your team doing the work um simultaneously. Sure. Yep. Okay. Yeah, but if but if you feel like your client's going to want to sit down with everyone on the team, which you can control all of that, right? Like this is your company, so if if your client says, "Well, I'd love to sit down with your whole team." You can say, "I totally understand that. Um I'm happy to pass along anything to the team, I sort of function as the liaison or the account manager, and I take, you know, scrupulous notes, and I, I'd love to to pass along anything you want me to pass along. Like you can say stuff like that; that's totally fine. In which case, you could get a remote team, and frankly, you could probably save a little bit of money and save some money on overhead. Yeah. So it just depends on what kind of business you want to build, right? Because, you know, if you want to build like a local brick and mortar agency, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, there's tons of money to be had locally. Um, yeah. And then you could hire local and. You could you could also like uh, hire remote like maybe like a QA person, right? The the client doesn't really need to talk with whoever does quality assurance assurance on your projects or or whatever. Like I don't I don't know your business well enough to know what little jobs need to get done that you could hire remote. But but those little things sure. that the client doesn't need to be a part of, those could potentially be remote jobs, like Clay was saying too. Yeah, and I I think uh, though if if the idea of being hundred percent remote appeals to you, regardless of what your clients want. I actually think now's the time to do it because of the way the world is now after COVID. You know, more more and more businesses are going yeah. more remote and it's more widely accepted now. Yeah. And so like if if because before COVID, if 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 you know if 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 a business were to or if somebody were to say, yo, you know, my team's 100 percent remote, that was less accepted versus now. So sure. you know, so like if you're gonna if you want to do that and if you love the idea of doing that, I think now is the time to do that because of how things have changed. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Michael, these are good questions. What else? Anything else? What was that second thing that you uh, you mentioned before we hit record? Did we already cover that? I don't remember. No, so I mean, I was kind of you know, because I'm in a sort of uh at a sort of a starting position of, of the business, you know, uh, well, yeah, there a point where there's uh two sort of or many roads it could go down. <laughs> Um, oh, the niches, yeah, the, or niches, however you say it. Well, I say niche because I'm English, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't worry. There's some Americans that say niche. Oh, uh, too. <laughs> it's not just me. That's okay. <laughs> I think it's just because Americans don't know how to pronounce it, <laughs> including myself. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, because I, I do, I've, 
well, I focus sort of on open source software development, but that's extremely broad. Uh, you know, you have, I, I've done projects in Moodle, in Laravel, in uh, WordPress. There's like, you know, so many different uh, areas you could uh, specialize in. I, I was sort of wondering what your thoughts are on whether it's best to say super focused and, you know, focus on a certain clientele and or to stay broad to serve you know the the general local community that might have different requirements mm. this is a really good question that we've covered quite a few times I think on the episode, on this on the podcast um all right so yeah my but, question, before you jump in clay let me just I've yeah. been looking it up here uh, season 10 episode 9. We'll link to it in the show notes. It says, should you branch out or niche down? We talked with Christine about it, um, and she had the exact same question, and we spent the bulk of the episode talking about it. So um, mm. it's been long enough. I don't remember exactly what our answer was. So uh, so let's, let's still give Michael <laughs> our best answer. <laughs> but, you know, maybe our opinion has changed in the meantime. I don't has. know. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> Yeah. If it has, Christina, you should watch this or listen to this. <laughs> <That's right. Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So my answer to this is, is I, well, first of all, I'm going to ask you a question. I would say where and like who and and what makes you the most money right now? And, and this is a rhetorical question. You don't have to actually answer it. But like, to me, that's where you go. You like you. It, this is a business. You follow the money, um, yes. because you. When I say you follow the money, that means you follow with whatever your your clients and your audience are actually wanting from you. So, yeah. if it with with website development, um, to me, like you mentioned, a couple of different platforms. To me, the platforms don't matter. Yeah. Um, it, it's because clients don't care. Generally speaking, they just don't care. Um, uh, w- what they care about is the end product. Now, where it matters uh, as far as what platform you're using is efficiency and processes, and that's a whole another episode we can have. So, I think it's I think it's super important to choose one platform um, just for that purpose. But like as far right. as like what niche you want to stick in um, or stick with is. To me, you just go where wherever your audience is, where the demand is, and where the money is, and and you just you stick with that as like a focus. That's not to say you can't offer other services. I would just stick with with you know eighty percent of your efforts and your resources towards the things that make you the most money, and then the twenty percent you do as cross sales. So that's kind of my short answer. Right. Yeah, and I would just add to that. Um, Chris Gillibo wrote a book uh, called The $100 Startup. Really great book. Um, and in the book, he says that uh, to find a business that that is sustainable for you personally, you, you he basically drew out a Venn diagram. And, and one of the circles was um, stuff people are willing to pay for. And the other circle was like stuff you enjoy doing or something like that, right? And then where those two things overlap is where the business makes the most sense. Right, because I think if you're not careful, you could chase the money a little too far and end up doing work that you don't care about uh, and that doesn't make you excited. And that, and then once that happens, mm. it's hard to grow a business around it. Right. Sure. So I would add to what Clay said with 
finding the overlap. Yes, chase the money. Find find where you know this is this is marketing one hundred and one. This is like client demand, market demand. Find what people are willing to pay for. But then also find where that overlaps with the stuff that you actually are good at and enjoy doing. Um, and and I think that's where your niche should be. And then, like Clay said, you can branch out from there. But that should be your focus. Yeah, makes sense. Have something that you that makes you money and you enjoy doing is the ideal scenario. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they're pleasant clients. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know what you mean. It's, uh, uh, yeah, all three too. have to have to exist. <laughs> yeah, true. I don't know. I don't know how that aligns with how you're currently doing business. Like, is that like yeah. just based off that? Like, are you currently doing that? Or are you way off of that? Like, what's I mean, the feedback there? Yeah, I'm not too far off. I mean, I I enjoy working with the Laravel platform, and that does cover most of what my clients want so it's kind of obvious to stick with that you know and it it's enjoyable to work with so i think it makes sense um so yeah that that's uh that's pretty no-brainer really (laughs) cool and you offer you offer other services too right just outside of web yeah i mean i do a lot of reporting and database management and you know AWS platform uh, managing clients platforms on the on the web. So mm. yeah, lots of different things that we can handle. But at the moment, it's just me handling it really. So yeah, it's a case of finding more people to to work with. Yeah, or or cutting out those things that that don't pay as well and that you don't enjoy as much, right? And really just narrowing down, like. You don't have to offer other services, right? You you could just be the best at one thing, and really just focus on that. Um, and it's mm. a lot easier to streamline your processes and stuff that way. But just kind of yeah. depends on where you want to take it. Yeah, it's true. The, it can be frustrating if you if you're not familiar with a platform and you're constantly having mm. to figure things out. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yep, yeah. and you're. Your like revenue per hour, even if you're not charging by the hour, like your revenue per hour goes down, um, yeah. Because you're spending way more time troubleshooting, and then your your quality goes down because you're not as good at it. Like it just, yeah, it makes sense to to focus on what you're good at and what you enjoy and what what people are willing to pay for. Yeah, sure. yeah. The infrastructure might be different too because like I know so many marketing people and marketing agencies who are very good at marketing. But they suck as web professionals, right. and and the reason is because those two take totally different types of people and infrastructure to manage. Um, yeah. yeah, and so I I get all the time like these marketing my friends uh, colleagues that I know who do marketing they're like yeah we tried to like sell websites at the same time because it was an easy sell. Because it's an easy cross sell, and then they do it, and they're like, "Oh shit! Like this is super <laughs> difficult to manage." Like, <laughs> yeah. and so like, yeah, just because it's it might be an easy sell, maybe because like for infrastructure purposes, like it doesn't make sense, make any sense. Yeah. Right. Okay. Great. Well, 
yeah, I mean that's a lot of what you say makes makes sense. So I think uh, just gotta process this and uh, start implementing some of it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> that's what we like to hear, and we'd love to check back in with you in a little while and see how things are going. But um, yeah, I think there's a few things to work on, and and uh, I think you're gonna go places. I think it's uh, clearly you know what you're doing. You've been in business for a few years. That's more than a lot of people last. So um, <laughs> just keep up yep. the good work and. Uh, and I think a few tweaks and adjustments there, and you'll be able to grow a team and do do everything you want to be able to do. So thanks so much for taking time to join us on the show today. Michael, we really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. And and thank you for you know hosting this podcast. It's uh, really valuable information. Absolutely. Before awesome. we sign off, why don't you tell everyone where uh, they can find you? All right. Yeah. So it's bumblebeeitsolutions.com uh, on the web or on Facebook or LinkedIn. Uh, I'm there as well. Uh, yeah. Perfect. All right, Michael. Well, thanks so much. And Clay, thank you so much for taking time today as well. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. See you guys. See ya. Bye. Freelance to Founder is produced by the team at Millo. Visit millo.co to level up your freelancing. And Dripify, visit getdripify.com to become a bad A in business. Freelance to Founder is also part of the Podglomerate. You can check out more amazing podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music for this show was produced by Joaquin Carud. You can catch past episodes at freelancetofounder.com or by searching Freelance to Founder in your favorite podcast player. While you're at it, we'd love an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for now. Until next time. See ya.